The Trek Files, Season 6, Episode 21, Wesley and Riker Script Pages, March 24th, 1987. Welcome to The Trek Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. Well, welcome back, Star Trek fans. Hey, all you Star Trek history fans. Yeah, you Trekophiles spell with an F. You know who you are. Hey, we've got an interesting, fun show. And you know what? Um, Taking this episode today from a slightly different angle. Look, if you know the way we do things around here on the Trek Files, you're probably hopefully already with me on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Trek Files. Find our documents of the week, some very interesting ones, and something I hope will be the beginning of a, of a really fun exploration here. But let's start where we are today. Here is an audio sample of part of what you'll find there, but read along with this, and I will be right back with today's very special guest. Wesley Crusher, a bright and likable 15-year-old boy who came aboard with his widowed mother, Beverly, the ship's senior medical officer. Although Wesley is brilliant, he's not a nerd. He has an didactic, photographic memory in areas of starship engineering and related sciences, including warp velocity navigation. Yes, Trekophiles with an F, uh, our subject today is... um Wesley Crusher. Now, don't go running away. We're talking about we're talking about the early days of Wesley. So yeah, we're right here in the right in the middle smack dab of 1987. The next generation is coming together. There's been a few months of work put in. Wesley was Leslie for a while, and then switched back to a Wesley for this teenage boy who was going to be the teenage personification of of uh, bright but often misunderstood memories of Gene Roddenberry's uh, of himself. And you know. We think of all the faces that we wound up with on the show, uh, kids, but uh, a lot of a lot of work and a lot of other people were considered for all these roles, as always in any production. And I'm really thrilled to have as our guest someone who, no, sorry, not Will Wheaton today, <laughs> but somebody who is in the um, in the upper echelon of those who were reading for the show. So I would like to uh, present and welcome aboard our brand new guest to the show as an auditioning member of a Star Trek cast. Well, okay, you know him from Mission Log. John Champion, get in here and let's hey. talk about something very personal to you more than we usually talk about when we have you aboard here. This is really weird because, you know, part of the conceit of this show that we do, uh, me with my uh, producer hat on yes, and you as the yes. host, is that, you know, you're bringing in guests and we're looking at documents that have a direct connection to Star Trek. And as long as I've been around Roddenberry, I don't really have a direct connection to Star Trek. I haven't worked on Star Trek. But this, the, the, here in black and white, <laughs> discovering after years, uh, is my connection to Star Trek. You have a link, sir. Yes. My once in future <laughs> connection in the past. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, how, and how, you can't get much more Star Trek than that. 
Yeah, right. Your once and future connection from the past. From the so, past, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. As long as we don't do every episode that way. Right, um, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not all the time. So no, so what we found this, what is this, con- what's, you had your memory, and yeah. I think you even had this letter that was the report in of people, because you auditioned on tape, right? Yes. So um, I'll give you the, the nutshell version of this story, uh, which is that in March of 1987, uh, my mom picked me up from school and said, we're going to New York. You have an audition. And and that was it. Now, preface that by saying that I already had an agent in New York. I have spent a good chunk of 1986 there doing some classes, doing some little bit parts here and there. Yeah, with uh, home being. Yeah, uh, well, home is Birmingham, uh, Alabama. Uh-huh. But, but okay. So I spent time in New York, though, because I've been doing theater in Birmingham, uh, the occasional commercial. I, I had done a little bit of TV stuff uh, in Birmingham, and Atlanta was actually a much bigger market for production than as it is now. And um, I had an agent in New York, and I said, uh, hey, look, I didn't work a whole lot in 86, but I heard about this new Star Trek thing coming. I don't know anything about it, but if there's a role, please, please, please get me an audition. And Now, you nor- say that. Yeah. You say that. Like, there is this thing called Star Trek, but you were a fan by then. Let's just clarify. Oh, I, I was a fan of Star Trek for yeah. sure, but but okay. we didn't have many details about Next Generation. Oh, we right, of knew, course. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we just knew that it was a thing that was happening. And, and I said, please get me you know, an audition, whatever you can. And normally, unless you're assured to be, you know, in front of the most important casting people, unless you, you're probably pretty higher tier, certainly, than I was, they're not just going to fly in for an audition. But they knew that I wanted this. They knew that I was a fan. They knew it was important to me. So they said, hey, look, we got you an audition. And sure enough, hopped on a flight from Birmingham, went to New York, and walk into a casting office at the Gulf and Western building, because at the time they owned Paramount. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it was right at Columbus Circle, uh, you know, Central Park West. uh, and, And I'm handed these sides. And what was really exciting is my first callback came that day. So I went, I I did the read, I left, and I can't remember if we had left the phone number at the hotel or they called the agent or whatever, but I got my callback that day saying, come back, we want to put you on tape. So, so the so the locals yeah. were making a casting decision. Yeah. They were they were filtering out the first wave. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so they for so this is who's gonna be put on tape. Right. Um and then sent let, and then L.A. would be able to see it. Yeah. And, and I can't remember if I went back, if it was later that day or maybe the next day. But I just remember that it was really close to each other, that, that I was in, I was out, and then I was in again. And that was thrilling. Uh, you know, I, I cleared the first <laughs> hurdle for all the number of auditions that I had totally botched in the past. This felt pretty good. Oh, right. well, yeah. yeah, there we go. Now, and just to, to reassert the timeline here. So mm-hmm. we know... Uh, if you have your handy copy of The Next Generation Companion, uh, and reprinted several places since, I'm sure. The original casting call to casting agents, where they have, here's the breakdowns of the descriptions. And look, John, this is in the days when the actual names are on the actual facts. Because Amazing. no one is thinking anyone's yeah. going through the trash, going to, you know, populate 24-7 social media with this. Before the, right. before the current era of let's put the fake names because somebody's eventually going to see this. Right. 
so we've got the we've we've got Riker with a Y now, and we have mm-hmm. Julian Picard and all Julian that. Julian Picard, yeah, all of that. But so this goes out to casting agents before Christmas. This goes out December tenth. Mm-hmm. Uh, now today we've got your your cover memo there. This this character sketch is dated for January thirtieth, and there are it sets up a scenario that some early people reading read with Diana. <laughs> this oh, alien right. qu- okay. yeah. Yeah, and yeah, dogs there, and I, I would say that there's nearly a complete You're script. an Alabama boy, so I'm sure that would have just like resonated, uh, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> or something. No, I, I mean fortunately I never saw that then. I, mm-hmm. I've seen it now almost in its entirety, and it's terrible. It, it is not good. <laughs> and, and partly it's the that the conceit is really strange. Partly it's because they hadn't figured out the character mm-hmm. voices yet. So so data is very much written like a robot, not uh, not the complex android who may or may not have feelings. You know, it's not like that at all. He He's, was probably still data. Probably still data. It was <laughs> before pre, before Sir Patrick, Patrick was cast. Yeah, yes, yeah. it's specified to pronounce it as data. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that that's uh, challenging. And then you also have all this stuff with Wesley where he is like on the verge of death that basically I think Diana has used his abilities against him something and he's on the verge of death so he is having this conversation with Picard about dying and it's really strange it's a little too much to throw at the audience right away if you think the trope of Wesley saving the day every week is bad this was way too much right, right. at the beginning so but we, this is we again all from- dodged a bullet yeah. yeah, from but this is again in the think tank. The evolution here is is January, and the Bible, yeah. the, the the Writer's Guide Bible hasn't even been gone through its last couple of editions, like February and then March. So, oh yeah, yeah they're they're yeah. it's a hot mess of, of of being in flux. Yeah, as yeah, far yeah, as yeah. all these characters, much right. so, more than the spellings, way more than that. Right, right, yeah. It, so it's you're, just not you're good. Spe- yeah. Yeah, and your specifics, and it, look, and obviously the the casting had had started to happen. They were lining people up, but they were, you know, it's like a funnel. They start off with, you know, billions and billions, and they they winnow down to a few. Right. But there's not everything is at the same pace, and the different roles are being looked at differently, and of course the leads are looked at differently, and they've got to do the guest casting eventually. But yeah. you didn't, you know, your sides are dated. The ones you remember, yeah, nothing to do with this whole uh, Diana Hunt thing. So that that's the part but of it, but not till March. Yeah, 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 and, and that's the part of it that's a little hard to remember because I, I can narrow it down. I know that it was spring of '87. It was probably very end of March or maybe very beginning of April. And um, I don't remember reading the the sides that are there from the Diana script with that character description. I remember seeing the description <laughs> or, or pieces of the description. But mm-hmm. what I distinctly remember, though, from the sides that are dated uh, March 24th, I remember incredibly well the thing that stuck out to me is this little two words on the page here, which is Vulcan book. It's Wesley having a discussion with Riker. Mm-hmm. And the discussion, again, is not great. It, it's so on the nose. It's very clunky. Yeah, It's, it's just not good. Uh, Wesley, oh, let's talk like human to human. I'm just a kid, but I'm smarter than that. Talk to me like a person. And they get into things about God and being treated childishly, all this nonsense. But the yeah. thing that to this day stuck out to me was Wesley acknowledging that Riker had given him a Vulcan book. And as a Star Trek fan going in to read for this role, that 
just clicked. I didn't know anything about Riker, didn't know too much about Wesley, but I knew who Vulcans were. <laughs> and, and to me, that just said, like, yeah, this is Star Trek because they were talking about Vulcans. Mm-hmm. It is definitely real Star Trek. So uh, that, that's what I've held on to all these years. Yeah, so, and yeah. and uh, everything, and because everything you knew as an actor auditioning uh, mm-hmm. was on those pages. Yeah, you, you brought your Star Trek background to it, but yeah. that's a big. Many people would say, "Well, you just because you slap Star Trek on it doesn't mean it's going to be any good." Right, right, um, right, right. So, who, and who yeah. knew after twenty years, or you know, and new characters, and who's running this? And yeah, and they clapped yeah. a lid on it. Um, uh, you know, secrecy was still very much there in January, in February, March. I will oh, notice yeah. though that on these sides, Riker is a, with an I now. Yes. So we've come so, that far. Yeah, yeah. They, they had come that far. And um, they're they're trying to flesh him out a little bit as well. But again, I mean, anybody who has auditioned for anything in TV, film, whatever, they only give you those few pages mm-hmm. uh, that you're to read. They never give you the full script. And um, although, well, there's maybe one occasion where I got a full script and that's another story for another time. But in this case, <laughs> typically they just give you a few pages and those pages may actually actually have nothing to do with the final show. This right. is whatever right. was written in a draft script or whatever they might have just created for well, I don't that think character. any of these were ever part of any draft. No. That's what I'm saying. And no. the, the Diana and the Hunt dogs, I mean. Totally went away. That? Right. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. They, they had to write some sides up for, to start auditioning actors. It's like, yep. we got to start where we are right now. We know we've got a long way to go, but we've got to start somewhere and right. get this, this show going. Right. Um, just as a timeline, uh, Will's final reading, like for the studio, John, like the way they say, like mm-hmm. as a finalist, um, was on May 4th. And it's the same day that Gates is reading and mm-hmm. and Marina's reading. And, you know, uh, it's pretty much down to it. Like, it's yours to have now. It's not we can't even yeah. find an I can't even find a, a runner up. Now, poor Jonathan. It's like Riker, they were still the same day. They still had eight or 10 people reading. He had come a long way. Wow. And Billy wow. Campbell, we know now, was the runner up to Riker for him. And they were very neck and neck for that role. Yeah. But so, you know, here again, it's it's on the same day. These roles are pretty much decided. They're mm-hmm. almost a done deal. Uh, this one is very much up for grabs with a lot of people involved. Mm-hmm. But as we back up backwards, I, I was able to get copies of Bob Justman's casting notes for a special I, re- I did for StarTrek.com on the 20th anniversary and tracked all this through. And it's when, when people see these documents come out, sometimes we lose track. Yafit Kodo was almost Picard. Well, no, (laughs) he was, he was early. He was a wish list or he was early on. But as you look at that range of names, uh, there are a lot of people we don't know their careers. We never heard from them again, really. Or maybe we, you know what, but here's some names like Corey Feldman read for Wesley back in the day. Scott Grimes that we now know from the Orville and American Dad. He read uh, John Cameron Mitchell, who was part of um, um, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Hedwig, Hedwig yeah. and yeah, the yeah, Angry yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's some, you know, as, as it's amazing going through the forensics and the archaeology yeah. of casting notes backwards and seeing who was. Into, but it also goes to show you perfectly good actors, just like everything else, writers, directors. Uh, it's partly the right, the right, what they need. And yeah. it's the right time and the right place and all well, of that. Well, that, that's probably the most meaningful thing to me out of all of this. It's like, well, seeing the actual sides that I read, that that was uh, definitely a flashback. Mm-hmm. But the thing that has the most meaning to me is that, look, as an actor, you almost never hear 
that you didn't get the role. Your agent doesn't call you with a consoling <laughs> voice and say, oh, we're so sorry, but we just found out. That doesn't happen. You find out that you didn't get the role because you read somewhere that somebody else got the role. Right. And that, that was my case, was finding out like later on, oh, look, they cast this Will Wheaton guy as Wesley. And that, yeah. that's the first you hear about it. So... The guy from Stand By Me guy. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. as hurt as hurt as I may have been, you look at that and you go like, okay, I don't have a credit like Stand By Me. <laughs> this, this, <laughs> this guy is good. Um, but flash forward, you know, decades later, seeing this casting memo where my name's there, it, mm-hmm. it, it suddenly it became real again. And, and there's my name with MMG. That was the name of my agent at, at the time. That was the company, MMG. And um, to see other names like Susan Gibney, who, of course, shows up in Star Trek later. Uh, I just mm-hmm. love seeing B.B. Newirth on the list, and she will not relocate for Star Trek. Too bad. <laughs> she loves New York. Um, but, but to see this and to see that it, it crossed the desk of Gene Roddenberry, mm-hmm. and I was on tape, so that uh, callback was not just totally for naught. It actually showed up there. There was something about that that really hit home for me. Like, wow, it actually happened. I was actually seen. And even though in 1987, I I didn't get that consoling call, uh, there was a bit of reality. There was a bit of weight to this. So uh, that that out of all of these documents uh, holds a place in my heart. Yeah. And yeah. and look at that date, April 28th. He was yeah. reading finally on May 4th. So yeah. th- that's Very six close. days. Yeah. Right? Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, they're still reading people up and down the line. In fact, there's uh, other names on here for Wesley as well. So, yeah. You never yeah. know. Uh, so this is great. So it, it, yeah. just one last thing. The yeah. sides. You Your reaction to them. Was that your reaction when you were a kid actor reading these or you're talking about your hindsight looking back at it I, i'm talking about my my hindsight i mean uh, the I, aside I rem- from the vulcan book did anything else jump out at you here about uh i, I honestly yeah to, just seeing that well the, the vulcan book was important but but just seeing that yeah it was a scene between wesley and mm-hmm. riker so you're putting together a couple of important people here and not remembering how clunky that writing was <laughs> <laughs> well you so didn't I, know that's what i mean right yeah, right I but so i look back at that now and i think like gosh how would the 14 year old me have actually read that because those lines probably don't sound good coming out of anybody's mouth. <laughs> Hopefully, by the time they got to Will and his live read, they had a better script. Well, our next mission, John, should you accept it, is somewhere that yes. VHS tape is somewhere laying decaying oh. in a cardboard box of the Paramount yeah, Archives. That, that'll be a real forensic uh, experiment. That would be that one and that. several others. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, well, this has been a lot of fun, John. Thanks for uh, th- thanks for joining me today, John. Thank like, you so uh, much. I mean, th- this really is a trip down memory lane for me, and uh, it- it's exciting to see all of that together and. And like I said, to, to see that evidence that, uh, that that really was that moment in my life. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's and it's such a great time capsule moment just to remind us all uh, how the process works and uh, what all goes into it. And uh, those people are just as frantic on their end of things, trying to find the right people for the right roles as uh, everybody's standing there with those sides nervously sweating and... And trying to look good live, much less on tape. I know how that feels, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks again. Thank you. uh, you'll have to join us again sometime in some capacity, I, John. You know, I, I imagine I'll be around, so <laughs> okay. yes. Yeah. Good to hear. 
Uh, and of course, I hope all of you out there will join us again next week, too. The Trek Files is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Executive producer, Rod Roddenberry. As usual, all of our documents and your chance to comment are available at facebook.com slash thetrekfiles. Now, for more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes, visit Dr. Trek and Portal 47. That's me at larrynimacek.com. Trek well, everybody. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.